Welcome back. This is episode 219 of the NYYST podcast. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. Yo! And I can't even tell you what you told me he's doing today, so we'll just leave it alone. He, Stack Guy Rye is taking a personal day. assignment. He's on assignment. He takes a personal day once a month. No one knows about this. And it's dedicated to himself. That's, we'll leave All it at to it. All to himself. All 24 hours dedicated to himself. And we'll just leave it at that. Sometimes he's standing at attention and sometimes he's not. Sometimes he's falling asleep and sometimes he's, you know, we'll leave it at that. So SGR is not here today, you know, on a day that I planned everybody to be here because we had a little project to do. Personal health is more important. SGR is not here. That's what it's called now, personal health. (laughs) That's it. Okay. Not what it was called when I was younger, but walking the dog, personal health day, whatever. Yeah, got to. I got to shampoo my hair, shampoo the hair, anything you want to call it. How on a scale of one to ten, how triggered is he going to be when he hears the opener of the show? He just doesn't think it's appropriate. <laughs> well. What we would hope would be appropriate from you guys is to leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes and go to YouTube and uh, subscribe to the show there as well. Please. So I'm getting better at tying this in. You are. You are. We haven't, we haven't forgotten. We haven't forgotten, and our, our listeners have been awesome. They've been leaving us a lot of reviews. Very tired. I'm very tired today. I'm praying this is a quick show. No, it's not going to be. We've got a lot of content and, today. And honestly, though, I'm like extra excited for the season now. Like I've been really think- like it's really hitting me that we're getting a full season of baseball. We got to break down all three hours <clears throat> and fifty two minutes of the Zack Snyder Justice League that came out on Thursday. I would never even waste a second of my time. That's because you're a loser. I'd end the Zoom call. You could go do whatever you want to do. See, this I'm is like, the thing. This is why Stack Guy Ryan needs to pick his personal days better because we need to do five or ten minutes on this movie. No, no one needs to hear about this stupid fucking movie. No, everybody Seriously. needs to hear yeah, about Yeah, you know who needs movie. to hear about it? Ten-year-olds. Fucking kids who watch superheroes. That's who needs to hear about First it. First of all, it's the ten-year-olds that are ruining this movie. No, I got to because... say this. I got I to gotta be honest with you. The superhero movies were fucking awesome, and then just something happened, and they were ruined. I can't, I can't put my finger on what movie like eventually ruined it for me. I just feel like it got taken out of hand. There's been, yeah, there's it's so been many like too many now. now. Like it was cool okay. when it happened once in a while, but like and the and the movies were great, but there, it, there's just too many now. Okay, so this one is about Batman and the Justice League. This is a main, more of a mainstream. We can hone in and not have to be like a really super comic book geek to understand everything that's happening in this movie. Would I like it? I I don't know. Did you like who the, is Batman? Who is Batman in it? Affleck. Oh ben fuck! Affleck, yeah. Fuck yeah! I bet you Ryan's watching it right now. I think so. They, yeah, he, does Affleck skip. does Affleck have a shirt off at all in the movie? Uh, he comes out of his bed in his pajamas. I don't remember if he had a shirt on or not. Mm. Never know. But 
in case you don't know the story, Justice League came out in 2017 and Zack Snyder was the director and he left the movie while it was about 90% complete uh, because his daughter actually committed suicide. Jesus so he, Christ. Uh, he left the movie, yeah. And then Joss Whedon, who is another big comic book director, came in and did reshoots and we got a a very meh movie back in 2017. And then now watching the Snyder cut, it's not even the same movie. It's a completely different movie. It's a little bit darker. I mean, if you're into more gritty, darker type movies, then you'd probably. So let me ask you this. It's completely different as in different scenes, different everything. There's very little left over from the 2017 version compared to this version. Really? So what they do? Reshoot the whole movie then? No, he shot all this stuff, and then when Joss Whedon came in, he re- he basically reshot it. He basically reshot the movie. There's very few scenes. There's maybe like two or three scenes that come to mind that are almost Originals. pretty much intact from uh, from mm. the theatrical version. But mm. it, yeah, it got a little weird at some point in the movie when uh, the Joker was talking about giving. Uh, Batman a reach around. So really, that was a little, that was a little weird. Maybe yeah, Ryan so, watched this movie the other day and that's, and why, that's he why he's his, taking the personal guy. Right? Got it. It's okay. all starting to click. No. Cause like you were saying, the 10 year olds, they're the one, this is a big kind of controversy in the, in the community. I guess you could say is that, uh, <laughs> people are saying that scene with Affleck and Leto or Leto, however you say his name, Jared Leto. Batman and Joker fucking love Jared are, uh, Leto is the best Batman and Joker scene ever. Meanwhile, it's because, you know, people that say that type of thing, they can't think back 12 years ago and remember the actual interrogation scene from the Dark Knight. I mean, I don't even have to see this fucking movie to tell you that no one is outperforming Heath Ledger in that movie. No but one. these are also the same people that you fight with daily on social media that don't think Derek Jeter was... A good shortstop because they can't think back six years ago. Mm. The brain well, capacity jo- of Americans is just right. I mean, it's, really, it's, all it's, Westerners at this point, the brain capacity is just the technology has taken over so much. Our brain capacity is so low. So it's uh, how here's what I liked about it, and this will help you if you don't really want to sit through a four hour movie. It's broken up into episodes basically, and it tells you it's like part one. And it stops and it goes to part two. So you can watch it almost like you're binge watching a show and not feel like you have to sit down and watch a four hour movie. Yeah, I probably won't watch it. No, you won't. I could tell you that. I, I, I would if I, I was 100... into the original because I appreciate direction in a movie. So I, I'm sure I'd love to appreciate how much better. I This one's better. Yeah, it is. More mature. A little more, little more fucking like has a little more. Uh, oh, this one's right. Ra- they gave it an R rating. If that's what you're mm, looking for, I love R ratings, man. Yeah, <clears throat> the ending when uh, one of the heroes dispatches the bad guys a lot better in this movie. Very, right. very uh, out of the ordinary, I guess you would say for uh, these types of movies. So that was nice to see, but. You, we were saying that recency bias is—it's a real thing, is it not? It is, it, and, and, and it's Which, one of the most frustrating things, I'd say. It's like somebody sees something and it's good, 
even though I wouldn't I wouldn't say that Joker scene was great. I would say it was good. It was it had its moments. It was kind of weird, but whatever. But if somebody likes something and they just see it, it's the greatest ever now. Which is part of the reason why you were yelling, "Let's go, Pride of the Yankees!" You think that movie would have first of all done? First of done- all, pay attention more. I never brought up Pride of the Yankees. You did. You did. I said you were the one that was saying what. Go ahead. I'll say this: if anyone who listened to last week's episode, the first of all, the picks of your movies were fucking terrible. Okay, right, that's why. And and I, then you I, brought I, up, and then you brought up. Pride of the Yankees. I wasn't even thinking Pride of the Yankees. Second of all, the people voting are fucking out of their minds. You're at it. Anyone who voted in our polls is out of their fucking minds. Let me tell you that. Because if you've seen 61, most of these people must just not have seen 61. That's, that's just got to be what it is. Can you agree with that? It's a very... people. Are How did Bull Durham beat 61? Bull Durham fucking sucked. That movie fucking sucked. I hate it. I did not like Bull Durham. There's one movie I would have been okay with beating 61, and that's Field of Dreams. But how how you vote fucking Bull Durham over 61, I, I, I was so fucking frustrated, and I don't even care about this. Like, I, I clearly told everyone I voted based on what I thought were the best movies. I didn't draft based on what I thought would win, or else I would have drafted Sandlot. It was a smart pick, Rye, Dick. It was a smart pick, okay? But I picked 61, and then it lost to Bull Durham? It barely got past 42. I, that's a shocker, too. I, and I'm sorry. I had, to, I had to talk with a good listener of ours. We, t- we were talking on Facebook. And I said, I'll, I will rewatch the movie because it's been a little while. But I got to say, going into that movie, my issue with 42 is that I went into it and came out of it with no more knowledge of Jackie Robinson. Like, I knew I knew the stories. I've, I've read articles. I've read books on Jackie Robinson. I've, I've watched documentaries. I knew... And again, those documentaries, books, articles, and everything were were solely based on him being the first black baseball player in America. And so my respect for him on that level was already there. I was hoping to go into it, of course, with that storyline. Of course, that's, I mean, that's what his legacy is. And at that moment in time one of the most courageous people in america and of course that's the most important part but i also wanted to know a little bit more about jackie robinson i felt like i didn't get that out of that movie i felt like it was a fucking complete disservice to jackie robinson i felt like it was a movie of two hours of just us sitting there going oh my god he was treated so poorly like yeah what the fuck did you think this guy went through why do you think, did you just say he was courageous just to say it because everyone else was? No, this guy was treated miserably. And he fucking put his head down and he went out there and played every day and changed the world. Right. My whole issue with 42 and it was just like, okay, we we know being the first black baseball player in major leagues 
what he went, you know, we, you know, we went what he went through, uh, you know, but it was just like they just figured the way to show it was to just say the N word a bunch of times. Yeah. And, and it was just like it was almost like drawn out. And it, and it and first of all, anyone sitting there going, well, would it make you feel comfortable to to no, not at all. I thought it was just a disservice to Jackie Robinson. It was uncomfortable for me to watch. It, it was not uncomfortable was like, for me to watch. Not because of the context of what it was. It was like, it was just, it was like they took it and was like, should we do like a little bit on how he was treated on the field? And like maybe some on like why he got to where he was and like maybe a little bit about his town in baseball. Or should we just do all three hours of, of white assholes screaming the N word at him? In, in the stands, and they were like, you know what? We thought about it, and we're going to go three straight hours of that. And it was just no, that's crammed That's why it was uncomfortable. Throat. It was just, like, cringy to just hear it. Oh, and I, maybe that's the point they were going to for. Yeah, maybe, and that's, again, it didn't make me like, feel uncomfortable at all. No, like, I, I... Like, if I that know, shit man, happened, like, you got to just own up. I'm not I'm saying, not, you know, that shit didn't happen. You got to... And if that's the point, then good for them. But that's not the point I went into it watching. Like that was not because why I watched that movie. If you, if your point of that movie was to get people like us, Caucasian people, to really sympathize with what Jackie Robinson went through, to me, you missed the boat on it because the and it was like the way that they did it too. Like the guy that played Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball, he played a manager of one of the teams, right? You remember the scene yeah, yeah. when he screwed, right? And why are you laughing? Because, excuse me, it was like. No, I'm only laughing because you're bringing up him. I don't know where you're taking this because I haven't seen Dodgeball in years. Because Okay, well, the one scene, he's standing at the top of the dugout, and he's saying, uh, I, I don't know how to say this without saying it. I'm not going to say it, but he's like, hey, racial okay. word. Hey, racial. And the, he's just like, instead of saying, like, hey, batter, batter, he's saying, hey. Okay, got it, got it. Uh, And it's just like, to me, it didn't come off as like, wow, they're treating Jackie so bad. It's like the way they shot the scene, it was like, am, am I supposed to laugh at this? Because it was almost like... It was like cheesy. It was too like... Yes, uh, yes. It wasn't like... It, it wasn't even like, to me, it wasn't even shot like it was meant to be mean to him. It was just like meant to be funny. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, like, they what, didn't do it in like a... I know exactly the feeling you're talking about. I know the feeling you're talking about. It was like uh, almost they weren't taking it seriously right? when they were and shooting. And I feel it. like that movie and the Black Panther, it's like as a white person, like, you know, it's like I feel like you can't even say anything. Like people just Probably automatically not, yeah. assume that you're racist if you don't like either of those movies. And it's not the case. It's just like if you're watching a movie for something specific, then you, you should be allowed to critique the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and like for me, I'm sorry. I, I don't have sympathy for Jackie Robinson. You want to know why? Because I don't think he wants you to have sympathy for him. That's not why he did what he did. I think he's courageous. To have sympathy for him is to say I feel bad for him. Why would I feel bad for Jackie Robinson? He didn't even feel bad for himself. This I motherfucker that- was the most courageous person in the country at that time, possibly in the world, to do what he did. I look I up to him. I aspire way. to him. I don't feel bad for him. Be- I just think there was a better way to make that movie, to make us feel his pain and to make a good baseball movie. Absolutely. I don't think they did, I don't think they been, did, I was, don't think they did either. You want to know how they could have done it? 
more scenes like in the trainer's room. Remember Jackie got hurt or something? And it was him and Harrison Ford in the in like the clubhouse. And he's, t- and he's telling him, he's like, there's kids. I saw a kid today playing stickball, got up there, and he was pretending to be you, and he was white or something like that. And, like, it ended with, like, he was white. It was a white kid. And like, that fucking part was awesome. Show me how he changed the country. Don't just show me how he was treated within the, the lines of a baseball field because that's the smallest part of the story to me. Show me how he changed the world. Show me the kids playing stickball. The white kids wanting to be Jackie Robinson. Like that's how you that's how you show me what that time was like. You know it was out at home plate, right? I don't know. I don't I listen, I got I, to be fair again, I got to go back and watch that that movie again. Yogi says he's out. Yogi if Yogi said he's out, I don't know. Yogi told the truth. So the Sandlot won. Uh, it Fucking the worst baseball movie ever made, but keep going. It blew away a league of their own in the finals. Uh, oh. Ryan, Ryan almost had two movies in the uh, finals, uh, but a league of their own actually a late surge. Did it really? Past, huh? I didn't even realize that, to be honest. What? A league of their own pulled through. It did. It was down. It was down late with about twenty minutes left. It got some late votes, but then I knew any movie going up against the Sandlot was was going to get destroyed. Um, so that's what surprises me. I guess people still have fond memories of that movie. I don't. I mean, I used to love it as a kid. I can tolerate it now. I don't know. It just it hasn't aged as well as some other movies huh. have to me. Funny. Maybe I was just more mature than everyone else who saw it. Because that no, movie you, fucking sucked. No, you just you just a miserable child. No, that movie yeah. sucked. It was terrible. That movie sucked. I don't think you watched the movie the same movie the rest of us did. Uh, are we talking about the kids comedy like f- cheesy fucking comedy movie? Because uh, it was definitely wasn't a baseball movie. Like no fucking asshole kid takes a Babe Ruth signed baseball. And he's like, hey guys. Yeah. And then they hit it in a dog fucking barks, and he, they tell stupid fucking stories. Worst movie I've ever seen. Not just worst baseball movie. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in in total. Yeah, well, your opinion on movies sucks. So, if it, like the fact that sixty one didn't even make it to the finals, you guys are out of your fucking minds. That movie is not just a great baseball movie. That's a great movie in general. Wild. That's what happens when that movie, you know, that movie didn't get a theatrical release. It went straight to HBO. Wild. I'm not sure how many people even really know about it. And I'll tell you what, they remake A League of Their Own. I'll watch it. As long as Rosie O'Donnell's not in it. Mm-hmm. I can't fucking stand her. I can't. Well, she's like 70 now, so I don't think she can pull off being a baseball player anymore. I don't know. You never know. They got the... Uh, the de-aging? They got, they got the de-aging software. You never know. So... uh yeah, the Sandlot took it. Ryan's uh, I don't know. Do we have to pay Ryan? No. Or was that just if no. one of us won? This is he. He took a sick day. Oh. <laughs> so, but you lost another contest we had on the show. It's fucking wild. It's even like, even when you guys give me an advantage or I get an advantage by getting first round, I don't even come close to winning. No, you weren't even really close. But we did run a little contest. We said if you could pick the winner, we would uh, pick from the winners, and you would win $30 on the fan shop. And I don't have to tweet this out because I know that he's listening to the show. So Don Sicario. Don Sicario. 
since you said the Sandlot would win, and I think you were the only one that said that that had it under the uh, the allotted time frame. Uh, I wanted to get all the picks in before uh, voting started. So even if somebody else said it, you're, you're still the winner. We know you listen to the show. So just DM us and then uh, Chris will send you over the information so you can claim your uh, your gift card for the shop. Okay. Okay. So my buddy just texted me. He must have been on our Twitter. Pat Murray. Fucking jerk off. That's what he is. He goes, Chris, how did Bull Durham not win the best baseball movie bracket for your podcast? Because it sucks. I said, because it fucking sucks. That's not what I said verbatim. I don't want to say what I said verbatim. And then you know what the next text was I sent? So does Sandlot. So does Sandlot. And that's it. We'll leave it at that. We got more important things to talk about. Yeah, but here's the difference. People have fond memories of that as children, whereas I don't think anybody has any fond memories of Bull Durham. Bull Durham sucked. I don't know. I couldn't get into it. Anyway, um, the Yankees were up eight to – we're recording. It's about 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. The Yankees were playing the Blue Jays down in Dunedin. The game was on MLB Network. It was absolutely atrocious because it was the Blue Jays' feed, and they're just awful. Uh Garrett Cole pitched. He gave up one run over uh, five innings. Uh, gave up one. The one run was on a solo home run. Of course, it was. You know, he's. It's like it's like in his contract. You just got to give up that one. one home run. All the starters, man, they've looked really good all spring. Yeah, and the, here's what the Blue Jays, uh, uh, you know, announced team was talking about: is the Yankees have like the lowest batting average in a Grapefruit League, and like, does that fuck? Does that matter? Or, like, are, am I sitting here worried? About something like that? <laughs> Hold on. They said the, the Yankees have the lowest batting average in the Grapefruit League? Yeah. If we're going to worry about shit like that, then we should worry about the Royals being in first place in the Cactus League. Like, like, come on. Are we fucking kidding me? Are we Yankees ki- busted out for eight runs today. Uh, Voight had a, uh, I believe he had a two-run double. I saw a Tyro Estrada had a three-run home run. So... Uh, we're we're inching closer to the end of spring training. Uh, you know, we're almost there. So it's time to kind of look ahead and see what is going to, you know, be on the field come April 1st. I think we all kind of have an idea in our brains of what the Yankees are going to do, per se, you know, lineup-wise. But I think now we should take a few minutes here and just say what we would do. Like, what would our opening day you you say opening day and yeah that could change and then it'd be different for the next 161 games but when you say opening day if everybody's healthy to me that's your a plus lineup that's the lineup that if you got to win game seven in a world series with you know that's the lineup you're going to put out on the field so stack guy rise not here but he did send you his lineup did he not he did so would you like to read it i would love to are you ready I'm ready. All right. Uh, batting first, Tyler Wade, second base. Did he really do this? Or you just second, Tyler Wade, right okay. field. Uh, okay, so he's got a leading off DJ mm-hmm. at second, obviously. Judge him right field. Then he's got mm-hmm. Hicksy batting third. So he's already going from what would you want versus what, what are the Yankees mean? actually going to do? See, this is why he needs to be here. He needs to explain that. Oh, we can explain it for him. All right. 
Uh, he's got G cleaning up. He's got Torres in the five spot. Okay, okay. Uh, Voight sixth mm. at first. Clint in left. Gary catching. Shocker. And uh, to round it out, he's got Gio at third. Hmm. Now, I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I know we're getting on SGR here uh, for Hicksy third. But, like, going through this lineup, I don't know how much more makes sense unless Hicks is going to lead off. It's a very weird lineup, and, like, I hate the I hate that I'm okay with Judge batting second now. I hate that I'm okay with that. I was, like, a huge, huge fighter of your best hitter bats second. Just uh, you can't fight it anymore. You can't fight it, so you just got to be okay with it. So like, judges are two hitter, right? I think we. I think instead of just giving our lineups, we need to just discuss this a little because I had issues with this. Well, I want to hear what your take would be, and then I'll give mine, and then we can discuss. Man, it I don't know because like the same thing I feel about Judge, the same thing I feel about DJ, is like, yeah, D, maybe DJ should be third, but like, no, we don't have anyone leading off, like. DJ's fucking DJ's gonna get on base. I need DJ leading off, I think. And then I got Judge. And then I really I guess this is where I just gotta be okay with the third guy not being our best hitter. I think I have to go Voight third. Voight has that pop. Voight had a good year. He just strikes out a lot, but I I don't know. I gotta go Voight third. G Cleaning up. Uh, Torres, fifth. Then I'll go. Uh, I'll go Hixy six, and then uh, probably round it out the same way as Ryan Clint, Clint Gary Geo to round out my lineup. Yeah, I'm gonna see the. I'm tossing back and forth with Hicks and LeMayu as the leadoff hitter, but because of because of what we've seen LeMayu do these last two years, I don't want to I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to fuck with it. It's too it's so too I think perfect. The ob- obvious the two obvious ones at the top are LeMayu and Judge, and here's where we're all gonna differ. I'm putting Glaber as number three. I, I think he will be. Can I say something? What? Like, the three-hole for me, this is how I truly do it throughout the season. The three-hole for me is a spot for the hottest hitter. Outside of the guys who are already locked into those one, two, and four. All right, so if that's how you roll with it, then I'm I'm not against it, but I'm also going to give Glaber Torres the first crack at it. Okay, that's fair. All right, so I got Glaber G, Voight. That's uh, five, six, right? Mm-hmm. No, that takes me to no, five. No, that's five. All right, so <clears throat> here's uh, here's where I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to put Gary at six. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put Gary at six. I'm going to let him, at least in the beginning of the year, I'm going to let him sit in that spot there where a pitcher might be a little tired. I'm going to back him up with Frazier, Urshela, and Hicks is my ninth hitter. Yeah, if you're not going to put Hicksy at the top, he's got to be all the way at the bottom. I agree with that. That's where I, I just fucked up. Think, I think Hicks... Because if you really think about it, right, everybody says this. It's only it's only a lineup the first time through, and then everything's circular. So 
you know, Hicks into LeMayu. I like that. But I'm also, I also am, am not going to drop everybody, I guess. You're just not going to drop everybody to LeMayu to Judge 3, even though I think that does kind of make sense. Can I just say something? What? Anyone who just sits there and, and downplays a lineup because it's circular after one time through is a fucking moron. Okay? I'm sure I've done it too. Okay, so I'm calling everyone listening who does that as a fucking moron. I'm also a fucking moron for doing it. But here's why you're a fucking moron. I'm vulgar today. I'm very angry. Um, here's why you're a fucking moron. It's not about that. It's about who you're following, who's following you, who's protecting you, who's protecting the guys ahead of them, who you have going, you know, bing, bang, boom, three in a row. Lefty, righty, lefty. It's all of those things. And more importantly, it's who's getting the most at-bats. So, like, it does fucking matter. It does matter. You know? I know a lot of people are going to think I have Gary Sanchez too high, and that's fine. I think he I don't think you little, do at all. I think six right to start the season might be a little high, but I want Frazier to lead the the last third of the lineup no you know what you know what sixth is for gary it's like gary listen you're fucking useless to us pretty much like we think you're a piece of shit but we're still going to put you sixth so that you can maybe prove to us that you're still decent and then gary would be like oh they're putting me sixth thank god i'm so grateful and then maybe he'll do well I don't know. It's just something about Hicks, man. I don't like Hicks. Hicks I just don't like left. Hicks. I we just both don't like Hicks. He's their only left-handed bat, right? I know he's a switch hitter, but he's their he's their only left-handed bat. Jesus, I understand Guardy. What, I, I understand why uh, he's gonna be third. I get it, but I don't like it. Yeah, I, I'd rather him. Honestly, I'd rather him hit ninth with his with the way he sees pitches. And uh, you you know maybe people would forget about him a little bit, batting ninth, where he's not in a premium position. Do you like know. my idea though? Like that three holes, kind of like your hot hot guy, right? Like let's say you give it to Glaber to start the season, and he's you know he's hitting two ten through April, and Voight's on fire. Like what about G? Make- like even Geo, I'm cool with being three. Fine. If Geo's fucking hitting three hundred or or whatnot, and he's he's fucking raking, I'm putting him third for a week. Yeah, but somebody's got to be third, and I want to give Glaber Torres. Yeah, I think Glaber deserves. I like that being my three hole hitter. You know, I like that a lot. Obviously, I think if you if you really look at it, it's probably going to be just it's going to be Lemayu, Judge Hicks, Stanton, Voit, Torres six, uh, probably Urshela seven. Gary eight and uh, Frazier nine. I think that's going to end up being what the Yankees do. It's cute. But if you think about it, you're going to have Clint Frazier is going to be a nine hole hitter on a baseball team. (laughs) Well, I'll be honest with you. I think if one guy profiles the best for the three spot, it's Clint Frazier. And I think eventually if he can finally like get a full season in and settle down you know, doesn't have to worry about his defense. He feels good over overall, and he just kind of gets into himself into a. That's the thing with Clint Frazier, man. He's had his hot, his hot moments, and and when he's on fire, dude, that that motherfucker could hit anything. But he's also had a lot of cold, a lot of cold streaks too. He's never had time 
to just kind of go into a groove. And Clint Frazier is the type of guy with that kind of bat speed where if he can just find a groove where, you know, he's not too hot, not cold. He's just kind of get like a DJ LeMayu type groove. He's the guy who profiles best for that three spot. I don't know if he'll ever get there, but if I had to predict one person who had the capability of locking in that three spot for a more permanent time, it would be him. Glaber Torres. I think Glaber profiles well too. I just don't think they want Glaber that high. I think See, the problem with I Glaber think they Torres, like Glaber a little lower because he's still a fucking great bat down there. See, the problem with Torres is it seems like he goes into slumps every time they move him in, up in the lineup. That absolutely happens every time. So that makes me a little bit nervous. But then at this point in his career, I mean, are you going to be a three-hole hitter? Are you going to be a superstar? Are you going to be a top-of-the-line MVP type player? Or are you just going to be a guy that's on Yeah, a team? you know what? You know what? That's fair. That's fair because I'm thinking the same thing. Like, throw him right in the fucking fire. He's a three-hitter. He, he, if it, Okay, I just said Clint Frazier, but that's because I'm kind of babying Glaber Torres, just like the Yankees are. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. If I'm not babying Glaber Torres, that motherfucker better be hitting third. And he better be hitting third really well, too. That's that's who he is. I'm treating him like he's a fucking kindergartner. He's not. He's been here. This is his team, too. I, this is a big year for Gla- a guy like Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres, like, I think I just put it in really good terms. Glaber Torres has got to show that he is not just a guy on this team, that he is a top-of-the-line player. Like, he's indispensable to the Yankees. Like, when the Yankees have to go and make tough decisions about who they're going to pay, they don't even discuss Glaber Torres because they know they have to pay him. If he's just a guy on this team, then he's then they, then they don't – you know what I'm saying? Then it doesn't – it's no – it's not a discussion. Mm-hmm. He's just a – like, a, a, your six-hole hitter – He's a guy on this team. He's your a guy in this hitter, team. He's fucking expendable. Your your three hole hitter. You don't get rid of your three hole hitter. No, not at least when we were growing up. Speaking of which, my wife's uncle. I'm, your wife's uncle's his, brother. No, uh, uh, it was actually he had lunch with Dave Winfield yesterday. Really? You want yes, me to message uh, Dave Winfield see if he fucking knows him? Like, is it someone he'll remember? Is did this? Did it? Did your wife's uncle like win a fucking lunch with Dave Winfield? Uh, he's into, uh, I don't know what he does anymore. He's own a paint store, so he might still be into that. I know Dave, he, according to him, Dave just moved into the area and he's looking to get into politics. Dave is Dave is yes. Republican or Democrat. I didn't ask. I didn't want to go down that road. Oh, so. you got to ask. We got to find out in a, in a world where we're so divided. We need to know. Senator Winfield, Senator Winfield, I'd fucking vote for him. I don't give a fuck. You don't even know what platforms he's running on. I don't care. No one cares anymore. No one cares about the real platforms anymore. All we care about is feeling good and, you know, that's it. And Davey Winfield, man. Dude hit some fucking big home runs. I vote for him. I don't care. Remember when we talked? Oh, he was the original Mr. Oh, not Mr. March. He was the ori- he was Mr. May. Remember? Yeah, I, well, we- it's so funny that I was watching something with Dave Winfield the other day and I go and I saw Mr. May. And I was like, at first I was pissed. I was like, damn, there's already a Mr. May. And I was like, nah, Greg Bird's Mr. March. 
So <clears throat> we briefly touched on Gary Sanchez, and he's gonna, his name is going to come up a lot later on in the show because we do have a segment where it was our Twitter question of the week, which Yankee has the most pressure on him this year. Uh, was there it? Are some, I guess he was answered a lot. There's some. There's a. There's some really interesting uh, names there, which we'll get to. But uh, Aaron Boone, I can I can't get my fucking day straight. I I, I don't. I can't honestly. That's because uh, you want to know why? Because you have a fucking kid now. <laughs> okay. Is that what it is? Yeah. Remember all those times you'd be, I'd sit here and I'd be like, I can't wait till you have a fucking kid. Well, now you do. Now you can't even get your days straight. We went to the park today. You went to the park. Yeah. Uh, which was good because I was gonna drop like a, a my stimulus check on a uh, <laughs> swing set for her birthday, and she screamed the entire time she was in the swing. So maybe that was a, a good thing. <laughs> Drop the stimmy. You gonna drop the stimmy on a little? Swing I'm still set? gonna. I'm still gonna do it. She. She need. Every kid needs to probably grow up with a swing set. Yeah, my kids are getting one soon. But um, don't tell them. Yeah. Cause what the fuck were we talking about? You were talking about Sanchez. You have a question at the end of what the show. What does that do with my kid? You said you couldn't get your days straight. I said it's because you have a fucking kid now. Right. I don't know. I was just going to make the point that we, when we were walking around, we saw like a dozen babies, and I don't know how I pulled this off. I must have had all the good swimmers that day. I got the best-looking kid in the fucking neighborhood. Yeah. There's a lot of ugly fucking kids out there, man. No, no that's not, it's not like being the tallest fucking midget, dude. It's fucking. It's there's like a lot of situation. fucking ugly kids, man. Did I'm you sorry, go alone? Did you, you go? Say, yeah, you could say midget. midget. It's okay. I, t- I actually am friends with a couple midgets. And they said that... Uh, are you really or are you just fucking... No, around? yeah, I know a couple. Yeah. And <laughs> I swear to God. And they said, no, we, we want to be called midgets. They're, they like, uh, they're like, why do, they, why do they keep coming up with different names for us? I they swear They don't to like God. little people or, or... Yeah, no, that makes them feel like they're fucking little. Like, like no, that's what, that's what they are. And who cares? Like, if they're a good person, fucking... I don't care how tall you are. Yeah? But anyway... Did you go alone to the park? Did no, you take the kid? Did you pull a little big daddy? No, we went as a family. Uh, I'm still not sure what this has to do with what I was going to talk about. I don't know, dude. Whatever day you were talking about. Days, oh, yeah, yeah, Boone, Boone. Boone said that Gary Sanchez, let's just get, we'll just pretend like none of that ever happened. We'll just get back on it here. Okay. Uh, Gary Sanchez is set to catch Garrett Cole on opening day. I don't think he committed to anything beyond that, but that's the right move. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. And he said he was going to do this. I mean, you can't go into opening day with Kyle Gashioka behind the plate because Garrett Cole is pitching. You just completely shit on Gary Sanchez for the entire year. No, and you know what? It would have completely... It would have completely dissolved the narrative that Cole didn't need Higashioka. Higgy caught Cole today, by the way. But and, and that it was what. just like, you know, the whole like Higgy catching Cole thing was like, hey, this is a shortened season. We need as many wins as we can get. Shit's weird. Cole's pitching good to Higgy right now. We're just not going to fuck with it. Now it's like, okay, you got your big boy pants on. Everyone's got their big boy pants on. We're going back into a real season. No more fucking throwing to Higashioka. It's Gary Sanchez. It's Gary Sanchez's spot to lose, no matter who's pitching. If Cole gets rocked opening day, you go to Higgy in game two? No. Like, no. 
No, I didn't just pay this guy. Uh, how much was it? Three twenty four. I didn't just pay him three hundred twenty four million dollars so he could catch so he could fucking pitch only to my backup catcher. Like fuck you, dude. Buckle down and win a fucking World Series. No, but let's say that this is like a Yankee decision. Like, how quick do you pull the plug on Garrett Cole pitching to Gary Sanchez? I do, I'm not. I mean, how many times do I have to say you? I'm saying different language. You want me to put fucking Google Translate? All right, so what if we go to Memorial Day? Cole has only been caught by Sanchez, and his ERA is around four. You know, Then fuck Garrett it- Cole. You put it on Cole. Fuck yeah, put it on Cole. Right. It's not Gary pitching. Garrett Cole, you're an ace that deserves $324 million. So there's at no point during the season. My fucking ever... grandmother better be able to catch you and you still throw fucking. So at no point during the season, no matter how bad Cole might be, you don't make the switch. Uh, making the switch for who? For Cole? Higashioka. No, no, no. I'm saying, am I doing it because Garrett Cole, I need him to pitch well? Would you not say that the Yankees' success this season kind of lands with Garrett Cole? Okay, so if I'm if I'm sitting here and I'm saying, okay, look, I could either put my ego aside and do what's best for the team, put Higashioka in there, regardless of if Cole deserves that or not. I got to do it for the for the better of the team here, and and that's it. Right. Or or am I saying fuck Eric Cole, we just paid him three hundred twenty four million. He needs to throw it whoever I put out there. So if I'm putting my ego aside, yeah, I guess the smart move is to make the switch and see what happens. But I'm coming out publicly and I'm fucking ripping Garrett Cole. And I bet you he'll rip himself too. Because that it shouldn't if you're getting paid that kind of money, again, you're getting paid that kind of money, you're you're an elite pitcher. You better not sit there and tell me that you need a certain catcher behind the plate to be successful. It wouldn't be unprecedented. There's been plenty of ace-level pitchers. I do that not give a fuck that have had personal catchers. Okay, and I don't give a fuck. All right. Okay, I don't. You. I'm not coddling my ace. Okay, that's all that is. I'm not gonna fucking just, coddle it, my be, ace. It's gonna be oh, interesting. Come here, Gary. I don't like to be Gary. No. Where if he just showed up right now and he just fucking punched you in the face? I fucking love Garrett Cole, dude. I'd let him punch me in the face and then I would never fucking wash my face ever again. Oh, yeah. I love him. It's going to be, but though, seriously, though, it's going to be interesting to see how the Yankees handle this. If they just did it because it's opening day, then it's fucking bullshit. They just should have just started Higashioka to begin with. Either Gary Sanchez is the starting catcher or he's not. Yeah, I'd be more pissed. I'd actually be less pissed. Higgy starting opening day. And if that's how it's going to be, then Gary just starting for fucking theater here on that's opening all it day. Would be. That's all. It's all for show. At that it's all for show. Too. So if in game, in game two, that Cole starts to hit Gashioka is behind the plate. And there's no reason that Gary Sanchez should be on the bench. He's healthy. He didn't catch, you know, it, it wasn't a day game. Day after night, night yeah. game. Then it was all for fucking show, and that's all horseshit. Theater. And the and the Yankees shouldn't do that. No, if they think their best chance of winning is Agashioka catching Cole, then that's just should be what they do. I don't agree with it, but they also shouldn't put on a fucking act for everybody because it's opening day. Agreed. 
I concur. So a lot of this also, you got to think, is going to have to do with uh, the way Gary Sanchez hits this year. If Gary Sanchez is raking. Did he rake in the spring? He's hit a few bombs. Hit a few bombs, man. So I don't know, man. Few bingo gonna, bango bangos. But again, are you gonna you know catchers need days off? Are you just gonna say, well, Gary's day off is every time Cole pitches? And then what happens when you get into a situation that in a game that you desperately need to win and Higashioka is unavailable, or you really need Sanchez's bat in the lineup, and these guys haven't pitched together all or are thrown with uh, together all year? How are you gonna get yourself into that situation then? Yeah, I agree, bro. You got you to gotta stick with Sanchez, and it's got to be his spot to lose, man. Uh, I don't know. This is good. I, I mean, if there's going to be certain game, like, on-the-field storylines to watch this year, that's going to be one that you really, you really need to keep your eye on is, will Gary Sanchez allow Higashioka in there like he did last year, or, or are we just watching something for – We'll know quickly. Are we just watching something for theater that Gary Sanchez was the opening day catcher? Right. We'll know very quick. Very so, quick. The Yankees made a few uh, roster moves the other day. Uh, they sent a few guys down to AAA. Uh, nobody. I mean, some names that you'd recognize, but nothing really of any importance except for one guy. One guy. Was he a uh, title of our show? One guy. Last week. What do you think? Uh, what do you think um, Cashman said to him when he brought him in the office? I don't know. I think you have something that you can pretty much. I think. I think he called Ford in, and before Mike could even open his mouth, Cashman was just like, "Get the fuck out!" And that was it. So Mike Ford was sent to uh, uh, he's still because you're still allowed to carry minor league players, blah, 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 during spring. But he was officially optioned. <laughs> so we know he won't be making the team uh, to start the year. So that does leave the door open for Bruce and, uh, and Dietrich. They do have a I know Bruce does. I haven't I heard but haven't seen that Dietrich also has an opt out on May 20. Um, on March 25th, that they have to be added to the 40 man by then, or they yeah. can opt out of their contracts. So it's trending in the right direction for one of them to make the team. Uh, I think it is going to be Jay Bruce. I hear you hear more scuttlebutt that Jay Bruce is, you know, the favorite in the clubhouse there that to make the team. But there's a guy that we think is a lock for a. A bench spot, but he's not a favorite of Yankee Twitter right now. Uh, there might be two people, Stack Guy Ride being one of them, that still wants this guy on the team. And that's Tyler Wade. I have a uh, feeling Tyler Stack Wade Guy Ride is thinking a lot about Tyler Wade today. Possibly. Uh, is it time for the Yankees to get creative in uh, trying to replace Tyler Wade on the Major League roster? Maybe. Uh, for me, no. I mean, I think Tyler Wade's here for a reason, and I think that reason has nothing to do with offense. I really, that's just how I feel. And and if that's the case, there's really no one better. I mean, who's a better defender? Who's a faster runner? Tyler Wade's that guy. Now, are we looking for an offensive bench guy that can play up the middle? Then 
then if that's your top priority for that spot, Tyler Wade's definitely not the guy. But, I mean, all signs are pointing to what I just said because the Yankees have loved Tyler Wade for the last handful of years. And they and no matter how poorly he hits, they keep him here. Why? Because he's not here to hit, guys. He's not. He's here to play defense up the middle, and he's here to run. And he fucking does both of those things really well. I believe he had an RBI in today's game. And, and sometimes he does hit. <laughs> that's a bonus, guys. That's, a, that's not... Why he's here, in my opinion. Well, the reason why I bring up getting creative because there's something that actually happened and then something that's a hypothetical. Uh, I like Gio Rochella. No, I, I know, like this I know, I know, I know. Uh, Gio Rochella played shortstop in a game this week. I said I do like hypotheticals. What did you say? Oh, you do. I thought you said you don't like hypotheticals. And what did you say? This is a good hypothetical. I like this hypothetical. Yeah, I like him. Usually when fans bust out their trade simulator, I hate it, but I actually like this one, and I'll get to it in a second, and I'll give the guy credit for it. And we owe an apology. To? To the fan that was saying we should put Geo at short. No, fuck that. <laughs> and we were like, if we just fucking ripped his whole life apart. No, but we still should fucking rip their whole lives apart. Yeah, dude. fucking fuck you and fuck the Yankees now. It's just, however we felt about you being a fucking idiot, now we think the Yankees are idiots, too. Well, Boone said he just wanted to make sure that Gio can do it in a pinch if they were in an emergency. You know, he said Urshel's kind of used to it because of the shifts, but, but I don't the know. Dude, is such a, he's such a natural athlete, though, that, like, I understand the Yankees' point there, and that's not a terrible thing. It, it's never stupid to just kind of know your options. Great versatility yeah. in your team. Like you know, but you know, in a pinch, if you have to throw Geo out there, he's going to get the job done somehow, some way. I don't know, but the whole he's used to it from the sh- the shift. I don't know. That's kind of a, I, I guess so, but it's kind of not the same thing. It's not, but it, I think Boone's point was in a in a pinch there. Like they have enough confidence in him. Pretty much what I was saying that he is moved over some of those times, and he he does. Look, those guys practice from that angle. Third baseman with all these shifts, they're practicing from that angle now. It's not like they're just taking ground balls at third. They're taking ground balls in that in that shift position. It's just not as as much and as consistent as from third, obviously. It just goes back to what we've been saying. I don't want my backup being my starter. You know what I'm saying? Starter. We talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not against, like we said, I'm not against creating versatility on the team. If you can get you a few reps and, you know, in a pinch, but he should not be like if Glaber Torres needs a day off, Gio Urshela is not the guy playing shortstop. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I want to give, and we're going to have to mention him twice today because he also brings up a very Don. interesting point. Huh? Don Sicario. Uh, no, he might come up again later in the show. I'm not sure, but uh, our buddy at medic nine six eight wow. brought the, you fucking this love up. this guy, man. Yeah, you, you know. guys fucking best friend. Is this your burner if we, account? If we were, would you? You probably would be jealous. I don't give about a fuck. It. You wouldn't but even come see my new house. Don't move an hour and a half away. I'm not an hour and a half away. I'm about fifty minutes. All right, until it takes an hour. Uh, and a half you, oh, there. you drive to Wildwood three and a half hours away. It takes uh, two six, hours and ten minutes. You drive. You drive down to Wildwood six times a summer, and I'll do it seven this year. Not you, stop you, at your house. You, once. you 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 would go to Wildwood on Sunday morning and then come back home for work on Monday. Right. It's how fucking Absolutely. idiotic you are with no, Wildwood. How, how much I hate you. Right. <laughs> uh. The Indians who got uh, Ahmed. Hey, 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 hey. The Cleveland. What are they called? 
the Cleveland baseball team. Is that what? No, I thought they were still the Indians. Oh, they sure. they are the Indians. I think right. it was twenty twenty two. I could be wrong. Oh yeah, why not delay it? It's so offensive. We'll delay it. Um. Oh shit. The Cleveland baseball team. If you really want to refer. It's so to offensive. We got to change your name, guys. But it's pending twenty twenty two. Unreal. They got a mid Rosario as one of the pieces back in uh, the Francisco Lindor trade, and they're trying to convert him into a center fielder. You know what the Yankees have an extra one of? An outfielder? Yes. Named Mike Tockman, who can play center Talk. field. And Talk. Maddie, his name is Eric. Eric brings up a good point. Why wouldn't... I? We don't know, but I'm just saying, why wouldn't Brian Cashman make that phone call? Mike Tockman for Ahmed Rosario. Maybe he will. That Maybe he has. But when you bring up these fan hypotheticals, I think that's a that's a good one. That's a great one, and I think the closer we get to the season, I think I've, I mean, at least I've seen a lot more on Twitter that the that there are a lot of rational Yankee fans realizing that there there is a chance Talkman's traded. I mean, Talkman's a good piece in a in a in a stupid trade like that, and I think that could definitely happen. I don't think it. I don't think it necessarily will, um, but it would be smart if it did. But I think fans are looking at ways of getting Tyler Wade out of here. And I think if you make a deal where you're trading an extra piece like uh, Tockman for a guy that can legitimately play shortstop and be a bench player, that's uh, that's a good move. You know, you found these fans, they found a way to our heart. Like, this is how you you think we're such dickheads, right? Especially Christian, obviously, he is. But... Like you think he's you think he's such a dick for being like, what are you Yankee fans stupid? Yeah, a lot of us are. A lot of us are fucking dumb. I'm irrational a lot of times, but <clears throat> what we really get frustrated with is the tweets that say Tyler Wade can't fucking be on this team. Dietrich's got to be on this team. Tyler Wade's a fucking bum. And then it's like, well, then who's gonna play shortstop, buddy? And it's like, fuck you, bring Gio over there. He could play full time, and then. And then it's just like you're a fucking moron at that point, right? But when you actually think rational and you get creative and say, okay, I want Tyler Wade out of here. So instead of just being a fucking dumbo and, oh, sorry, that was offensive too. And uh, going on Twitter and being like, oh, get Tyler Wade out of here. He sucks. I don't care who's going to play short. You get creative and you throw a fucking trade like that out there. That can make sense. And I like that. Listen. Again, you have to ask yourself the question, why is Tyler Wade on this team? It, and, and if your answer is because he's a defensive replacement who has speed off the bench, then you're wrong for wanting him off this team. But if you think the Yankees need to utilize an offensive player from that position who can play up the middle off the bench, then Tyler Wade is not the guy, and I'm all for switching him. I'm all for getting creative. Right, but I think at the end of the day, if we are sitting here in August complaining about Tyler Wade, we have a lot bigger problems. A lot bigger problems, man. Tyler Wade should not be somebody that Yankee fans are thinking about with any type of regularity in uh, 
you know, 60 to 100 games into the season because he's probably played 10 games at that point because he's just coming in to spell guys when they need a day off. Tyler Wade, if Tyler Wade becomes a guy that 100 games into the season played fucking 45 games, we have a problem there. Fucking tired, man. Um, There's only two ways. (laughs) This is, yeah. There's only two ways. So you could be like this. You heard the story. The uh, the Cubs prospect that got caught with 20 pounds of meth in his team bag. Come on. You didn't see that? Only 20 pounds? Was he distributing to the team? Uh, you would have to think. That's he was wild. That's wild. I got to look into that. Anyway, the only two stories, the only two ways Tyler Wade is relevant enough for us to be complaining about this season is A, if there's an injury and he's played way more than we thought, or B, if they're in a playoff game with the season on the line and he pinch hits for like whoever and Gary Sanchez is on the bench or something and get hit for him. Those are the only two ways Tyler Wade's making enough of an impact for you to complain about him. And if those two ways are presenting themselves as opportunities this season, we're fucked anyway. We're fucked anyway. All right, so I'll just read it quickly here. I found the story. Uh, Jesus Camargo Corrales, uh, he was pulled over uh, driving a BMW. The police were alerted to his vehicle when he was swerving in and out of lanes. Uh, This was on Wednesday. They found 21 pounds of methamphetamine and 1.2 pounds of oxycodone in his car. The uh, drugs were in a team equipment bag. They also found $1,000 in cash. So uh, we'll see what, you know, what that was about. Uh, he's 25 years old. He's a, he's a high A player. High as being the operative word. <laughs> high <here>. as fuck. <laughs> uh, he's been charged with distribution and possession of meth, distribution and possession of oxycodone, uh, and also distribution or possession of schedule two drugs. So he's apparently as can they drug writing, test the entire Cubs team at that point? You might have to. Uh, he was still in jail being held on uh, bond as of the writing of this article. James Bond. Awesome. Nice. Good for him. I mean, th- this is something that we don't talk about because honestly, it's not something that comes across our desk a lot and that we honestly care too much about, but these minor league players, man, they're really feeling the pinch financially. And that's fucking, he's pinching 20 pounds of fucking meth. What did did he fucking watch? You know what it was? He got quarantined and he watched Breaking Bad, binged it. He binged it. He's like, you know, uh, sell this to Chris, you know, Chris Bryant, uh, he might, he, he needs a little boost this year. Hey, you need a teenth guy? You need some glass? Man. So. Before we get to the final segment of the show, I want to touch on this briefly because when I uh, post the, sh- the show sheet on uh, on Twitter, ask if anybody else has any other topics they want to get to. And we have two people that want to talk about the same friggin' thing. Uh, excuse me. And one of them is uh, Owen, and the other one is Patrick. Yes, that Patrick. The fellas. Uh, All right, fellas. Yes. Uh, he wants to – they basically want to know if the Yankees don't win this year, you know, is it time to look for a new manager? 
Time to look for a new fucking team, fellas. <laughs> fucking and Patrick. I don't know how how much Owen listens to the show, but Patrick, you know, you're the OG man. We, you know, we hold you in higher standing than most. You should know this. We've talked about this. It, personally, if the Yankees don't win this year, I think you are. You have to sit there and seriously consider whether or not Boone and Cashman are the right people to continue to run this team. Yeah, I think it comes down to a lot of different things. I mean, I agree with everything Christian's been saying about that. But, like, the more I think about it, you really have to evaluate at the end of the day. I mean, are we talking about an Aaron Boone that has to deal with every single fucking star player getting injured again? Because, like, how much can I put that on my manager? But if they're healthy, come... Let's say we, we are also in agreement that the Yankees are going to make the postseason whether or not they have injuries again because we've seen them yeah. win 100 fucking games with, you know, a triple-A lineup. So if they're healthy come the postseason and they fall short again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, then I'm done. Get me a new manager. But also uh, make sure there's a better one out there than Aaron Boone. Because, like, I don't want some fucking other idiot coming And Cabani Gold. Uh, Cabani. He chimes in. He wants to know if there's any chance Lewis Lucky makes the uh, roster based on how well he's pitched out of the bullpen during spring training. And I think he might have been a guy that fell because of the numbers game. But I think the Yankees have an open spot now because of Zach Britton's injury. that He's, he's going to be out about two months. So. Uh, and he'll be s- like a guy for sure during double headers and stuff. That Lucky's going to be a guy that they want. With the I think added. he's a guy that's going to come in. He's going to he's going to fill like those middle inning roles to kind of bridge to the, you know, if you get a five inning start, you know, he might be a guy that comes in to give you the sixth inning and to you can get to your bigger end guys. I don't. I can see him making the team. I think, unfortunately, Britain's injury has kind of opened the door for him, but I definitely can see him making the team based on how well he's pitched. And he's got, even for being a non-roster guy, the Yankees think a lot of him. They were they've been trying to get him apparently for a couple seasons, so they obviously see something yeah. in him. Yeah, we know. Uh, we know Cashman sets his eyes on on certain players. So, you know, it's really weird. Whenever uh, Gabe Cabani tweets me it doesn't show up in my mentions i don't have a muted i don't know why that happens you probably have muted i do have muted. I have a lot of people muted no i don't I, I, I don't have a muted anybody that says anything positive about us or the show doesn't get muted all right um I'm going to wrap up the show here, do our final segment. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to uh, pretend I came up with this on my own because dumb boomer, uh, n- not like uh, you're a boomer, boomer size. And he talks about this a lot on his show about the Met and Yankee that faces the most pressure um, coming up this season. And I think it's uh, something that we should talk about. And because uh, it's interesting, there's a lot of guys on this team that need to have big years. But who needs to have who needs to have that big year the most? You know, there's a lot of shit that I don't put much thought into, and I kind of like it better that way because I just like kind of winging things. Thoughts come to me more naturally, but I put a lot of thought into this one. Put a lot of thought into it, and I have one answer, and I think our answer is going to be the same. 
I think there is no other right answer for this question. Do you want to go first? No. You want me to go first? Because you put a lot of thought into it. I don't want that thought to dissipate. I want you to go with it. I really think that Aaron Judge, his entire career, his entire legacy, rides or dies on the 2021 season. Because I think that the Yankees need to win a World Series this year. And I think that Aaron Judge needs to have this team on his back. I think he needs to stay healthy. And if he doesn't, if all of that crumbles, I'm not saying that he won't be in New York anymore, but you won't look at him the same. This is a time now where the clock has stopped. Right? This is the year. Last year, you want to throw in the excuse of a shortened season, fine. But this is Aaron Judge's season. And if he falls short, it doesn't just affect the, the organization. It affects him. And I think there's no other player that's, a, that's the right answer. I think Aaron Judge is the one who has to prove the most to everybody. That he can stay healthy, that he can be fucking dominant, and that he can lead this team the way they've made the way they've made it seem, right? He's the face of the Yankees. He's the face of Major League Baseball, pretty much, and he's certainly the face of New York City. Well, now you gotta fucking bring it to fruition. Because if you don't, it's been too many years now where we're gonna just start to say it's all an act. Like, this is just for show because you were the easiest guy to put up on the pedestal. Like, if you don't come through this year, it's been long enough now where we're going to just say you're a fraud. Come through. You can, he absolutely can, and I think he absolutely will because I think he's the fucking man. But that's it for me. He's the only correct answer. I think the word fraud is a little strong there because I think every time he's been healthy and on the field, he's shown what type I of I don't necessarily he mean he's a fraud. I'm, I just meant the idea that he's the leader of everything is, right. is the fraud. What did we just say about an hour ago or whatever when we talked about Glaber Torres? This is a season for Glaber Torres to show either he's a guy on this team or he's going to be a superstar on this team. And the same thing goes for Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge... And there's a lot of guys that you could make a case for. Garrett Cole has a lot of pressure on him to pitch like an ace and to pitch like a Cy Young Award winner. He has he's carrying that with him. John Carlos Stan's got pressure on him to show that he's not just some some guy that's gonna play eight games a year from now on mm. and that he can be healthy. Gary Sanchez has a ton of pressure on him because his entire career is riding on this season. Personally, I like Gary Sanchez. Even if he has a monster year this year, I don't see how he's the Yankees' future catcher. Because I agree. Of, of the way that they're touting Austin Wells. And because if they're going to live in a certain financial realm where they're not going to have a $250, $300 million payroll, there's only so many guys they can pay. And they don't have replacements for Aaron Judge. They don't have replacements for Glaber Torres. 
but they have seemingly replacements for Gary Sanchez. So if Gary Sanchez goes out there and has another year where he hits 150, Gary Sanchez is never going to get what you would consider starting money. He's going to be pigeonholed as a as a guy that you are only going to play for like 80 games a year. And what's that going to get him? You know, for us, four or five million dollars a year, we'd be fucking doing cartwheels in the street if we were making that type of money. But as a baseball player, as a guy that came up that was breaking all kinds of records, and that's where you settle as your career, you're a bust. bust. So there's a lot of pressure on Gary Sanchez. There's a lot of pressure on even a role as Chapman because fans don't think that this guy has what it takes to close the biggest games of the year. Mm-hmm. And he's got to go out there and show it. Mm-hmm. But as you said, there's one right answer, and it's Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge has the most pressure on him. You want to you want to do the commercials. You want to have the judges' chambers out in right field. You got to stay healthy. You got to be on the field. You know what? If the Yankees only play you 135 games this year, that's because the Yankees only played you 135 games this year. You got to be available for 162 of those of games this year. Whether the Yankees put you in a lineup every one of those games is a different story, and that's something that we'll bitch and complain about when we get there. But Aaron Judge has got it, except for I will give him a pass if the Yankees say, oh, we got an off day here, we got an off day here, it's a minor thing, 10 days, boom, back on the field. You're allowed one of those this year, but it's 10 days and you're back. Anything longer than that, then you then you change the narrative on yourself. If you're and if you're available for anything less than 150 games this year, you've now changed the narrative on yourself. Mm-hmm. You are an injury-prone player. You are somebody the Yankees cannot count on to be the face of this franchise. You want the Yankees. When's Aaron Judge going to hit free agency? When he's 30, 32, whatever it is. I think after this Yan- season, no. No, he's got a few more years left. No, uh, I think I'll look it up right now. Two more years tops. They I just gave him the extension. Well, no, it was, um, they didn't give him an extension. It was, uh, whatever. You know what I mean? I'll look it up right now. I think it's at the end of this year, dude. He's not a free agent at the end of this year. I guarantee you that. I'm looking it up too. I don't believe you. He's under team control until 2023. He's a free agent. Right. And at that point in his, he'll be 31 years. He'll be entering his age 31 year. Okay, so that's that's pretty late in your career to be hitting free agency for the first time. You're a guy that wants a you're a guy that wants a nine figure contract with one of the first numbers possibly being a two. You want the Yankees <laughs> to extend you until you're 38, 39 years old. They're not gonna fucking do it if you're not healthy this year, and I wouldn't blame them for not doing it. Yep. But I'll tell you I've what, come, if he is, and they win a World Series. You'll be in pinstripes the rest of your life, pal. This is a big year for Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge writes his legacy this year. Either he's a guy that's healthy and dominates the sport, or he's a guy that we've always said, man, if he was ever, if we ever could have got this guy on the field when he's bouncing around the league because teams are giving him two-year deals because he's playing 110 Mm -hmm. games a year. When we go back and look at Aaron Judge's career in five or six years and say, man, what could have been with this guy? And we and granted, we're going to take one of those years in 2018, complete fluke. But some of these other things haven't been complete flukes. And I've been hesitant 
because I like the guy and, I, and what I want out of him to label him as an injury-prone player. But if he goes out there and only gives the Yankees 105 games this year, the narrative's changed. It's a, it becomes a fact now. And he's not a guy that you can invest nine, uh, you know, $150, $200 million into nah. when he's going to be 38, 39 years old. You can't do it. No, you can't. Um, well, we use the same in, word there. We use the what? same word in, in legacy. And I, I don't know what made me truly feel that, but I do. I mean, that was what came to my mind was like his legacy depends on this season. And I think you kind of just hit it on the head. What I meant by that feeling, I guess, was if he's not dominant in my mind, it's because he's hurt. And if he's hurt, he wrote the script for me. Like the the script has been written. He's an injury prone player that the Yankees can not rely on and was falsely, you know, hoisted up onto a pedestal of being the face of this team. And I think that says enough in itself. Right. So it it's going to come down to this. Does Aaron Judge want to be a what could have been, or does Aaron Judge want to be what was? what was, what is, you know, to be looked at as one of the top, you know, we talk about these rankings all the time. I don't even think Aaron judge made the top 20. I think he was just outside of the top 20. And if Aaron judge is healthy, you're an absolute moron. If you don't think Aaron judge is one of the top 20 players, uh, top 10 players in major league baseball. Absolutely. He is because this is something we say every Every time he makes a decent play in the field, the dude's the most underrated outfielder. Criminally underrated is the term I always use. So, like, you look at some of the other guys who are in his caliber of hitting and power and and so on and so forth, you're not getting that kind of defensive, you know, production out of them the way you are with Judge. The The guy outside of swiping bags and, you know, having that kind of speed um, on the bases... And he's not slow by any means, but you know, outside of that, you could he's a four tool guy. Aaron Judge is a fucking he's one of the best players in the game. If you had if you were if you had a draft of the of you know, putting together a lineup of the top nine guys, didn't matter fucking position, didn't matter what team or league they were in, just the nine best hitters, the nine best guys you'd want in your lineup. Offensively, are you telling me Aaron Judge isn't on that fucking lineup? He he'd be in my outfield. Like, is he not in your lineup though? I just said he'd be in my outfield. So, so the fact that he's not getting ranked that high is just because he just hasn't been there. Show up, show up. Don't be hurt. And I know you get your fucking people who are like, you can't help it. No shit. No shit. But there is some things that can be done, first of all. Preparation. Bouncing back. There's certain things. I'm not saying Aaron Judge wants to get hurt. But guess what? If you do, you're done. We cut We cut the bullshit. Cut the fucking judges' chambers. Cut the fucking, you know, every, every fucking commercial. I don't want to see him on Yes Network. That's it. And then he could be injury prone. He can't help it. Neither can I. I can't help I can't help not wanting him to be the face of the team. 
so when we did our hot takes a few weeks ago, I said he's going to win the MVP this year. And it's it's almost like the same thing that I'm going with that I think this team is winning the World Series this year because it's kind of the last stop. They kind of have to. If Aaron Judge is healthy and doesn't win an MVP this year, it's because he struck out too many times. The guy strikes out more times than Mickey Mantle did in 10 years. It's the changing of the game. So uh, the NYYST podcast Twitter question of the week, which Yankees player has the most pressure on him to perform in 2021 and why? Got a, some very different answers. Gary Sanchez came up a lot. Mike Scudero says uh, Gary hands down. You, same thing we said. You have to assume his chances are running out or this could very well be uh, the end for him if he has a bad 2021. Uh, at Sean Antman says there is Gary, then there is a second person, but whoever that second person is is far, far below Gary in this answer. Um, let's see if there's any... Anything else interesting that people had to say about I wanna, Gary? I want to comment on Gary Sanchez after you find any other more, any other uh, tweets. Uh, Stanzo says same thing. Gary, his last chance if he's bad as twenty twenty one, the Yankees will move on. Um, I'm going to rip a couple people in a minute too. Lewis Roman, Gary for the obvious reasons. Whitey at eighty. At Whitey819, got to be Gary because he hasn't done anything since 2017. Rob Spaulding can only be Sanchez. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Mr. Bruh, whatever the hell, says L. Gary. So that was a lot of of Gary Sanchez's right there. Can I say something about Gary real quick? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. To be fair. Sorry. Muting my mic, I have to cough a lot today. Um, to be fair to the fans who chose him, maybe on a personal level, Gary has the most pressure on him. But you know when after 2017, right? 17, yeah. 17 was uh, Girardi's last season, correct? Yes. You know when uh, they were in... The ALDS against Cleveland, they went down two games to nothing, and you were just like, this is it for Girardi. And then you were kind of like, that. you watched them come back, and you were like, oh, I think Girardi earned his fucking spot here. And the fan, we said how the players spoke up by winning those games and stepping up for their manager. But he was fucking fired anyway because the Yankees had their minds made up. I think that's the same thing with Gary Sanchez at this point. And that's why he's not the person I'm choosing. I don't think it matters anymore. And that doesn't mean necessarily that Gary has a bat, has a great year and then he's not a Yankee anymore. It's just a matter of where the Yankees are mentally. And it's like, this guy's fate kind of isn't in his own hands anymore. This team went out and they, and they put a lot of resources into drafting good catchers and guys that they have confidence in. I just don't think they see Gary Sanchez the way they thought they were going to. And I don't think there's any saving that anymore, which is why I don't think he has the most pressure on him this year. 
he has a yeah, but he's he's got a lot of pressure. He on does, him. and it's more. But I'm saying it's more internal, right? It's more. It's more of a personal type pressure. All right, let's. Uh, Don Sicario has an interesting take here. He says it's Garrett Cole. I like he's this the, one. He's the ace of the staff. There's a lot riding on it uh, for the team to stay healthy. They're close to a World Series. We don't include him in any of the talks if if they can f- perform, but he needs to be healthy. Uh, without anybody else that you can trust in this rotation. Donnie boy, I liked your answer, but there's only one reason why I can't agree with you. Um, how many fucking years does he have on that contract? I think he is, including this year, eight. How many of them are guaranteed? I think three more are guaranteed before he has the opt-out. And if and a, you just said it was his opt-out? Right? I believe it's his opt-out, yes. And if he doesn't take it, he just keeps getting that money. He keeps getting that money. So if he throws 100 pitches this year and they all go 10 feet down into the dirt, does he still get paid that money? He does. I'm not saying Garrett Cole's that player and that he won't put that, again, that pressure on himself to be great and to stay healthy. But as far as pressure goes that we cannot control... That is just like the whole fucking weight of the world is on your shoulders. Garrett Cole, at the end of the day, can go home and say, you know what, I let my team down. I caved to the pressure. But, man, those paychecks are still pretty fucking nice. Right? And There's no pressure on him because the money is going to be there. Exactly. But if this guy wants to be remembered as a great pitcher and yes. not just another fucking bum that came to New York and yes. got a ton of money, there, there's a lot of pressure on him of to course. perform. Of course. That's anyone. We can say right. that about any guy. Rob solves America. See if he can solve the Yankees here. Oh, good his luck solving this a, fucking country. He said it's Corey Kluber because his options after his performance this year can uh, vary so wildly. He can make tens of millions of dollars or be out of baseball, depending on how he does this year. Yeah, again, personal. Uh, the these are very like personal pressure points here. Judges, the reason why I went with Judge is because it's not just a personal like. This is bettering my career. This is like a whole city is relying on you, a whole team. Your legacy, you know, Kluber's legacy doesn't doesn't live or die on how he pitches for the Yankees in 2021. JC Alberto says it's Stan. He needs to stay healthy. Even the slightest injury, the fans will turn on him quickly and the media will be heartless. Uh, he says judge can do no wrong. And Gary is already on thin ice, but I don't think the, and here's the interesting thing. I don't know. I don't want to insult this guy. Right. But he says, Gary is on thin ice, but I don't think Yankee fans are ready to give up on him. Do you only live in, you live in a household with only <laughs> Gary Sanchez fans? Do you only follow Gary Sanchez's family on no, social media? No, maybe he only speaks to rational Yankee fans. Maybe he's smart. <laughs> okay. Um, so. And here's the thing I wanted to touch on because I did read that before, and I think all these answers, I think you can make an argument for almost anyone on this team, and I, that's why I think this was a great question. But again, the only thing I can go back and forth with on with Stanton is there's really not a lot of pressure. The guy can fucking cure cancer, and he's still going to go up and get booed if he strikes out too many times. That's the first thing. Second thing is the guy was a fucking the only one to show up in the postseason last year. I mean, G is our guy right now. And guess what? This team's going to win games with or without him. They need him in the postseason, like we've said. 
I don't see a lot of pressure on G this year. He knows the fucking fans are assholes and going to boo him anyway. Chris Colon says it's good. He says he'll say Glaber Torres. Uh, there's an upcoming surplus of superstar shortstops this yep. uh, in this free agency period, yep. and Glaber needs to give Cashman a reason to keep him and not buy into a new shortstop. I think if you could make one argument, like a legitimate argument against Judge. It could be Glaber Torres. And the only reason why I didn't go with Glaber Torres is, again, the external, I guess, perspective we have on these two players. If Glaber Torres was the savior of the New York Yankees and he had the Glaber Chambers and, you know, he was cutting commercial deals and on the, you know, the show, cover of the show and shit like that, yeah, I'd probably be saying all this about Glaber. Because Glaber really has to prove himself this year. He'd be my one one of the closest guys to comparing the two. Uh, Reginald B Dog. He's got Aaron Judge. Fairly or not, he now has a reputation of being injury prone. He can perform when he's healthy, but the question is, can he play 150 mm. games? Mm-hmm. And then, since we asked for one player, we have uh, Who <laughs> Loves Your Baby list 12. <laughs> 12. 12 players. Okay. Uh, at medic 968 is back and this is very interesting he says it's Domingo Herman the Yankee fans will not accept him if he is not lights out and anything less and it's going to be ugly yeah I don't care Uh, and I just like refuting of why I'm going to go back to Aaron Judge Um, I don't care what Domingo Herman does for me. I don't care if he fucking literally pitches six days in a row throughout the postseason to win a World Series for the Yankees. I I'm never rooting for him. He's a he's a fucking piece of trash to me. Right, so, do you want to rip somebody right now? I'm just I'm I'm rooting for him to make the Yankees better. All right, so do you want to rip do you want to rip somebody right now? Yeah, I'd love to. All right, Kevin Kapfer. He says none. It's Boone and Cashman because they don't hold anybody accountable. The Yankees lead the league in DL days because they're soft. <laughs> Wild. You have no other take on that. No. No. If there's, first of all, did we're, we asked for, did we say player specific? Yes, players. Okay. So, I mean, what more can I waste my time on on that? Like, obviously. Obviously. And they're right. soft. They are. Soft, yeah. Just like your Aaron Boone. Aaron, Aaron Boone's soft. He uh, he almost <laughs> fucking literally killed an umpire a couple of years ago. And then his fucking heart almost exploded. And then he decided to come back two days later to coach a fucking spring training game in the rain. Okay? But he's soft as fuck. Yeah. You jerk off. Right. Sorry if you listen uh, to the show. All right. I'm the done. last one here. <laughs> I like this guy, but I don't know what he was thinking when he answered this. Zach the Bad Shepherd. He says it's Talkman, but in reality, it's Miguel Andujar. <laughs> I think he was I think he was a high A baseball player when he uh when he answered that question. I do. I do. I mean there's Andujar is going to be out for a while. He's got this wrist thing going on. I don't know. I think, he, he wasn't all, making, I think it's all made up. He's not making the team anyway. I think it's all made up. They just said, oh, Miguel, you're hurt. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there were a few interesting answers there. The prevailing answer was Gary Sanchez. Uh, I think Boomer on the show said that it is Gary Sanchez, but I think no, it's not. I don't. I, I don't see. I understand where everybody's coming from, but I, I don't see it being the guy with the most pressure on him. I, because I think we all took into the you and I took into the factors of. I think the Yankees are at a point where they're. This guy could win the in win the MVP, and they might still move on from him. Yeah, and here's another good way to put it. Even if the Yankees don't move on, think of it this way, and I think this is the best way to really see our perspective. The Yankees' window is closing, right? And as it's closing, we have a few more years of it still being cracked fairly wide open. And to me, Gary Sanchez isn't, what's putting them over the top to win that world series like make or break does not come on come down to gary sanchez it comes down to aaron judge aaron judge needs to stay healthy aaron judge needs to lead this this team aaron judge needs to set the example he needs to go out there every day with his head down and fucking dominate and be a leader aaron judge leads this team not gary sanchez Will Gary Sanchez's performance help? Of course. The guy's fucking crucial. The guy, the guy, him being on fire makes this team much better. But they don't win without Aaron Judge. They win without Gary Sanchez. They can. And that's it. That's what it comes down to. If the Yankees are going to win a World Series or multiple World Series within this window of opportunity, they need Aaron Judge to be the Aaron Judge that we have been seeing put up on this pedestal over the last few years. And it's plain and simple. It's as, it's as simple as that, really. I think somebody just stole something from the neighbor. You better go. You better go. Nah, it's just, yeah, I know who it is. <laughs> He's probably looking for uh, whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> that might have been his 21 pounds of meth. <laughs> Good neighborhood to raise your kids in. Okay. Anyway, uh, next week, big week. We're going to preview the American League East because it's the final show. Wig Beak. Huh? Wig Beak. Yeah, Wig Beak. Uh, it's the final show before the season starts, so that's exciting. <laughs> we'll we'll see who still wants to come on the MIOSD podcast. It might be us. We might have a guest. We're not sure yet. Uh, but we're going to look at the American League East. Is there a way that the Yankees don't win the American League East this year? You know, uh, is there a team ready to step up and, and challenge the Yankees? I know that the Yankees didn't win last year, but you know, we all, you know, I as we said, I think the Yankees knew what last year was, and they kind of settled into a certain position, and they were okay with that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be okay with settling for anything this year i think they need and they know that they need to win the division and be the number one overall seed in the american league i think all those things are crucial to them getting to the world series this year hell yeah bro so the uh, long winter is almost over if you're in the northeast like we are it's a nice day out it probably came close to 60 it is spring it is spring now spring is sprung it's also also jersey so you know you can get fucking two feet of snow in any given moment yeah spring is sprung so just uh, just keep keep moving along here the final week of spring training, and then we'll, we'll be ready for the real deal. So I'm excited. Like we said, all rise all the time, and that's 
it's not a uh, accident that that's kind of the uh, moniker we're going Fuck with yeah. there too, because that's uh, Fuck there's, yeah. th- there's a guy in there that is very familiar with that uh, with that phraseology that we we all know needs to have a big year as well. Mm. So let's just uh, let's keep moving, get through this last week of spring with uh, no major injuries. I know Yankee Twitter was freaking out because uh, Boone said that. Frazier was kind of dealing with something and uh, they all assumed that many was hurt, but it was just kind of one of those things where you kind of hit a, hit a wall. You know, when you, you work, you don't know this, but when you're working out and uh, you're kind of going hard for a while, you just kind of hit a wall and you need to take a day to, to decompress and mentally bit. mental and physical, you know, your body just gets to a point where it just needs a break. Mm. <laughs> That's where Frazier. I don't really push my body. <laughs> well, Frazier came out and tweeted that he was fine, and then he was in the lineup today, and I think he had a couple hits. So he is – that's all it was. All right. So just keep moving along here. No major injuries. Uh, all right. And, all right. and we'll be ready to go on April 1st. So Let's do it, bro. Please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Uh, you think that uh, there's any shortage of baby lotion in Ryan's hometown? No. No. Fucking Kleenex. Yeah. You, oh really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. He's gonna be so pissed. Okay. Okay. Stack guy Rye was out with a personal day this uh, this uh, episode. Hey, Stack guy Rye, go yank. Save your <laughs> save your personal day for April first. This way you can be home and watch opening day. But we'll talk oh, yeah. more about that next week. Thank you for listening. To episode two nineteen of the NYYST podcast. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.